Welcome to Entrepreneur Decoded, the show which reveals the habits, fears, failures, and joys of today's most inspiring and successful entrepreneurs, with new episodes every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Now, here's your host, Simon Sander. Let's get into the show. Today's featured guest is one and only Ben Settle. Welcome, Ben. Hey, how you doing, man? I appreciate you having me on. appreciate you for being here, man. Ben is an email marketing professional who has been working in direct response copywriting for more than 10 years. He has also contributed to thousands of email marketing campaigns to help businesses increase web traffic and drive more sales. Ben is also the author of numerous books and host of the Ben Sells Show. Ben, take a minute to fill in some gaps from that intro and give us a little glimpse to your personal life. Well, you know, the here's what I when people whenever I go to like a party or a social setting, which is not very often, but when I do, it, it's kind of hard. People ask you, what do you do? You know, I don't really have a typical answer. So I'll tell your audience what I tell them. I'm basically like a bum who gets paid. I wake I, w- I wake up in the morning. I, I maybe I, I go to the bathroom. I take my dog out. I write an email, and then my main workday is over. I everything after that is stuff I want to do. I work on other stuff, but it's all you know optional. And that's kind of how I have my business set up, and what I'm pretty much becoming known for being being able to do that sort of thing. But you write a blog post every day. Yeah, well, I'm email, and then I put it on my blog. Um, but yeah, every day, seven days a week, sometimes more than one. <laughs> so uh, tell me, how long uh, does your average day last? Um, does it mean that you do not enjoy writing those emails, or do you enjoy them? Or I absolutely love writing emails. To me, it's like eating dessert first. But <laughs> I, uh, I, I'll say the average, I, it really depends. The, the, that Writing an email is very fast for me. In fact, I... Uh, I just released a program with this another company called AWAI where they launched it last week. I'm going to launch it to my list next week at the time of this recording or this weekend, I should say. And it's called the 10-minute workday because I've kind of figured out how to do all that. If you have the rest of your business set up right, you could really just write an email and be done for the rest of the day. So screw Tim Ferriss and his four-hour work week. Oh, yeah. That's old news. That's uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, We blew past that pretty quick. So, Ben, uh, let's go back a bit. Uh, tell me why did you get into email marketing? Uh, you know, I started learning. I started studying this guy named Matt Fury, who to me is like the email king. Or he was. He's not very active anymore at this kind of thing. But at the time, he certainly was. And I started. I, I started like really paying attention to what he was doing. I, I learned some of his courses and that sort of thing. And I did it just to kind of run with it for my own business because I liked how he was doing things. He had the same kind of business. He would wake up in the morning, write an email. And he'd be done. He'd brag about it in his daily emails. I thought that was so cool. I'm like, I want to be like this guy. <laughs> you know, I, was, I want to be Matt Fury when I grow up. And so that's why I kind of just picked him as my virtual – I've never met the guy or anything, but I just like my virtual mentor. And I just like studied him. And uh, so I started learning his his system of writing emails. And it wasn't completely compatible with my personality, but the, the, all the foundational stuff he taught, I, I do every day to this day. But then I started kind of systematizing it for myself, for my own work methods, my own personality and how I think and everything. And I just started using it to sell my own products, um, mostly copywriting related products and marketing related products. And people started saying, hey, Ben, you know, when are you going to come out with an email product? Because <laughs> I wasn't even intending to. Like that wasn't my intention at all. And that's when I started thinking, well, okay, I guess I must be getting pretty good at this. Why don't I start – I was doing freelancing at the time. I go, why don't I start offering that as a service and everything? And I created like this $800 product about it. 
And uh, I was always updating the product, though, because I'm writing emails all the time, every day, and I'm always discovering things to this day, five or six years later. So that's when I decided, okay, I'm not going to sell this course. I have to constantly update. What I'm going to do is create a, a monthly print newsletter where I can teach email marketing every time I'm learning something new. And that's what I mostly sell now is a, a print newsletter about email marketing and copywriting. So tell me, how has your business evolved ever since you started it uh, years back and today? Well, when I first started out, I didn't know what I was doing, and I didn't even really sell much. I was just trying to get copywriting clients at the time. This is back 2002, 2003. Um, I, then I started partnering with a couple different people where I would write the, the copy, their sales letters, and they would send it to their list, and we'd have a split of the profits, and that worked out pretty well for a few years. Um, and then I started after the email adventures, I started just saying, okay, I want to specialize in this because specialization is a very powerful thing. If you can find something to specialize in, you, you'll get higher quality customers and clients. You can charge more for whatever it is you're selling. You have built in credibility and that sort of thing. And since then I've become more known for that than actual copywriting. So it's changed from copywriting to mostly emails and email copywriting. Yeah. Let's get a bit more specific with that. Uh, there's a lot of talk about specialization and getting uh, really niche-specific. Uh, let's talk about that. What do you think? How specific should entrepreneurs get? You know, it, it really depends. Like, I could get more specific. I want I could say I'm going to be the email guy for network marketers, or I could be the email guy just for Amway people, or I could be the email guy just for the health market. But I don't do that because I, I, that would bore me. <laughs> but, but if I was going to sell my services, like if I was doing – freelancing, which I no longer do. If I was looking for clients, I would absolutely pick a couple niches and say, I'm the guy to do emails for, let's say, for example, people with prostate problems niche, which is something I've worked in, or the dating relationship niche, which I like working in, or the golf niche. And I would start specializing in that way, and I'd be able to charge a lot more. I mean, people are like, there's a lot of psychological resistance to this from a lot of people because they, they think, well, aren't I limiting myself? But the reality is you're not limiting yourself. What you're doing is you're actually going to be more attractive to the very people who want what you have and less attractive you know, to generalists. And generalists don't get paid as much. I mean if you have a – if let's say for example you needed help. Um, let's say you needed – well, let's, I like to use the brain surgery analogy. You, know, you have – something's wrong with your brain. I mean are you going to go to the cheapest per, option out there? You're going to find a general practitioner or a brain surgeon and the most expensive brain surgeon. Um, that may be a little extreme, but that is how the psychology behind it. People want that. You know, just look at the shoes out there. The, and you have running shoes, you have basketball shoes, you have you know, <laughs> walking shoes, you have jogging shoes. You, you you have like a shoe for like every kind of sport and every type of exercise there is. And and people who do whatever exercise or sport they do gravitate toward that shoe are happily, willingly paying more for it and looking for it. So have people come to you now, uh, as in uh, people just find you online because you're the email guy? You've been there for five, six years now? Yeah. You know, there's a lot of email guys out there. I just happen to be a particular flavor that either repels or attracts people. I'm very polarizing. I do that very intentionally. Not, I don't go out saying, oh, I need to offend anybody. That's not what I do. But I'm not going to hold back on what I think and on my opinions and my my outlook on life and my philosoph philosophical approaches to certain things because I I personally believe a lot of what's taught out there in the marketing world in general is just absolute horseshit. You know I really do, and I don't say that to insult anyone. Or anything. I just think there's so much like 
nonsense being taught out there and I'm not afraid to call it out. And if someone thinks I'm teaching nonsense, that's fine too. I don't care, but I'm going to, I'm going to tell it how it is, how I think it is. And that's going to attract some people. It's going to repel the people I don't want automatically. I, I like to think of it as repulsion marketing rather than attraction marketing. And it's amazing how well it works. And it's all based on honesty and transparency, which is two things that are just lacking out there in the marketing world. So tell me what are those things that are being thought online when it comes to online marketing that you don't necessarily believe in and you think are myths? Okay. Uh, all right. So I'll give you an example of this. Somebody and, I, and and you know this person I, I don't really know them personally or anything like that so I'm not I'm not gonna like I'm not this is nothing personal <laughs> okay but somebody went into my Facebook group once and not too long ago and they posted this article that they actually plagiarized from somebody else so that was kind of like that off the rack was a little bit bad but it was like six ways to become to have a more influential personal brand online something like that it was about personal brand. And it was all full of complicated, like, nonsense. I'm not saying it would never work, but it was so unnecessary. It's like you need to go on Twitter. You need to calculate all these people's influencer score, whatever the hell that means. You know, and and all this weird stuff like that and all this, like, tedious, you know, where it sounds cool to people who don't know any better. But I'm like, I I know this for a fact because I've done this in multiple niches. I know for a fact if you have a strong personal brand, you simply start mailing your day, your mail, you mail your list, email list every day, the way, especially the way I do things. And you will automatically build a brand, especially to your list, where you're the only one they really want to hear from. You know, or you're the only one. And and this goes beyond email. You can apply this to social media or, or podcasts or anything else. It's just, it's just a matter of like people want to complicate everything. I am against complicated. I am for simplicity, and I think I think there's a lot of money in complicated, and I think people purp- purposely complicate things. Here, here's another example. There's this uh, product out there called the product launch formula, right? I think it, probably anyone online knows what I'm talking about. I've never gone through it. I am going to assume it's an excellent, high-quality product because I know people who use it personally and who swear by it, and that's great, right? All, I'm all for it. But then I see people doing these stupid tricks using the method that just like instantly makes my stomach turn sour. And even if it works, it's hurting these people long term. And for example, what some and this is no reflection on the guy on Jeff Walker, who I don't even know Jeff Walker by the way, who created that product. This is no reflection, and I'm I am going to assume that is a high quality product because there's nobody I know who doesn't think it's a high quality product. Um, so this is no reflection on him, but it's the people who are using it for for you know. In ways that I don't think they should be using it. So, for example, somebody will say, well, the cart closes. Here's the deadline. And then suddenly, for insert bullshit reason why the cart suddenly reopens the next day. It's just an obvious thing. You know what I mean? It's like it, and, and, you know, people will get away with it, they think. But long, t- they're getting away with it with certain people. But there's a lot more people they're not getting away with it with. The skeptics out there who I believe make up five to ten times more people in any given market than the, the uh, hyper buyers. I go for the skeptics. Like I market to the skeptics. I don't market to to low hanging fruit. Now I'll give you another example of that. There are people who want me to mail during their launches, right? Which I don't do anymore. Not when I mean launches is when they they have 18 different affiliates all mailing at the same time. It makes no sense to me whatsoever. I've done it a couple times, but really the publisher makes out better than the affiliates, I think. And I tell them, I go, look. Um, I just did this with somebody I respect a lot, actually. I'm going to promote for something from him in the spring. But he's doing this coordinated launch in January with multiple affiliates. I said, I'm not doing it, man. I'm not do- I want nothing to do with this. I trust you, 
But what I don't trust software that's going to track things carefully because I've seen that screw up. And I don't trust – I don't want to be selling this product for other people. How, what if they have a, a different bonus and they just want to be more loyal to someone else? My, I'm not going to write emails that sells this product so someone else gets the credit. Just, I'm not going to do it. So I don't do launch stuff. So what I tell people is a matter of principles. I say, look, I'll mail for your product after the launch few months later, they're like, well, you're not going to get as many sales. I go, I think I'll get more sales because you guys are all going to get the low-hanging hyper buyers. I'm going to go after the skeptics who are waiting around to see if this is really any good or not. And they make up a much bigger portion of the market. And uh, every time I do this sort of thing, I always they always tell me that my conversions are very, very high compared to their average affiliate. So that, that is another example. Interesting. That is a really unique approach. Uh, do you feel that people are making everything complicated besides marketing? There's a lot of talk about morning routines and rituals, habits, stuff like that. Do you feel that everything is a bit too complicated? Yes. And, and I'm going to give another example of this. And, and you know, people got to do what they got to do. So I'm not saying don't do your rituals and all that. Okay. You do whatever works. You know, whoever's listening to this, do whatever works for you. But I'll give you an example. Let's take this whole uh, idea of accountability groups. Now, I'm talking about for entrepreneurs and business people, right? They, they, these are all the rage now, especially like on Facebook. They have like these accountability groups on Facebook. My contention is you don't need if – if you have the right mission in life and you're, and you're going after the right goals, you shouldn't need to be accountable. You should wake up in the morning. You can't wait to do it. You should go to bed thinking about it and not because you have to force yourself to. You have to force yourself not to think about it because you're so into whatever it is your mission in life is. I think if people had a mission in life and for business people, I'm, it's going to be different for everybody. But if they just were focused on that. They wouldn't need anyone to tell them what to do. In fact, they would start holding other people in their lives accountable or they'd have to kick those people out because they have a mission in life and they're going to go at it. And they come home exhausted every day from pursuing their mission and all they can think about is that mission and tell stories about that mission. And it just changes everything about how people approach things. And you know, I did not invent this you know, concept of finding a mission at all, but I did write about it in a book I recently published and it seems to be changing – people's business lives and their personal lives. Was one guy said once he started implementing that, his wife now respects him more. Like he was starting to get worried about that. She, you know, and apparently now she's respecting him more and he goes, man, you should be a, a marriage counselor, which would be the last thing, by the way, I'm qualified for. But it, it stems from that mission. If you have that, if you have that principle of a mission in place, you don't need all the complicated stuff to like, you know, force yourself to do things. Ben, uh, if you could tell me as an entrepreneur, what is the one thing that you do that you feel has been the biggest contributor to your successes so far? Uh, it's consistency. I wake up every day and I write an email every day without question, you know, every day of the year, sometimes multiple emails, but at least one a day. Consistency will, will just – I always I have this uh, quote right? I like to say, consistency trumps proficiency. Being consistent at something and trying to get consistently better and just pursuing something pr- – consistently every day is more powerful than having raw natural talent. And an example of this would be the comedian Jerry Seinfeld. So this is a story that's been making its rounds for the last couple of years. And it's a very powerful story where somebody had asked him, you know, Jerry Seinfeld being like the guy from who did the show Seinfeld stand-up comedian, very well known around the world, was the highest paid comedian like in the world that during his you know during his day, like four hundred million dollar a year comedian, still does stand up and they're asking, like, what was, what's the secret of your success? He goes, well, 
writing a joke every day, whether it's a good joke, bad joke, it doesn't matter. His goal was no matter. I don't care. He didn't care if somebody died that day. He's going to write a joke because he made that commitment. And he took it so seriously. And so we had this big calendar on the wall. And every day he wrote a joke, joke, he'd put an X through that day in the calendar. And the next day he'd write a joke, good, bad, it didn't matter, but at least one joke, X that day off. And it, those X's formed a chain on the calendar. And he says, as long as he never broke that chain, he was going in the right direction. And I would say no matter what Anybody listening to this, whatever your thing is, whatever your thing is that you have to do every day that you know is bringing the money in. And for some people, it might be making phone calls or working deals with people. It might be writing an email. It might be doing a podcast. It might be doing a blog post or writing an article. It might be posting something on social media. Whatever it is your thing is that you know you have to do, do it consistently every day. Become the best that you can at it and just, and just go after it, and that will move mountains. It may not seem like it at first. But I guarantee you're incrementally getting where you're going to be, and eventually one day you're just going to blow right past all these goals you had and be like, holy crap, <laughs> you know, like, I need some, a new goal now, and I've seen it happen. Tell me, does it become easier over time if you do something day after day after day? How about you when you got into email marketing and writing those emails every single day, every single morning? Did it get easier? Oh, yeah. I mean, it, and it's like anything. The more you do something, with email especially, I, emails beget emails. If I'm writing an email today, I'm going to have probably three more ideas by the time I'm done doing it. Uh, I know a guy who does a lot of publicity. He's he's big on getting like media interviews. That's how he a lot a big part of his business. And so, and, and not just podcast interviews, but like mainstream media and stuff, like Fox News and the local newspapers and all that. And he says media begets media. The more media he gets on, the more he gets. And I thought that was a great, like you can apply that concept to anything. The more you do something, like for example, you, you have a podcast. So the more you do this, the better you're getting at it. I, I'm just going to guess that when you did your first, when you first, did your first time doing this, you were probably nothing like you are now. Oh, <laughs> the first one was with Ted Rubin. God, uh, I cringe when I listen to it. <laughs> yeah, but but that's the whole point. It, yeah. Like, you do it regularly, consistently, and now you're like, you know, you're flying through this like it's no big deal. Ben, I want you to look back on your journey as an entrepreneur and uh, pick a hardship or a challenge you've had. Um, let's say the worst entrepreneurial moment. Could you share that story with us? Yeah. Uh, so back in two. 2009 and 10, I started doing copywriting client work where I wanted to be have part, like I wanted to get paid on the gross sales of the company. I didn't want to just get paid a fee. <clears throat> I did this with a golf company. It didn't really work out too well. I didn't, you know, for various reasons. I found this biz op company that I did get along with everybody there and everything was fine. I was getting paid really good, but I realized I just didn't, I just don't like doing client work and it had nothing to do with them. It was just, it's me. I just don't, I realized how much I didn't, how much I hated it. And so in 2010, the, the week before New Year's, between Christmas and New Year's, I, I wrote a business plan out for 2011. And my goal was to be client-free by the end of 2011. That was my goal. And I, I figured out how I'd do it. Um, I had a friend at the time who was in the weight loss niche who was doing about $70,000 a year, which is not a fortune, but you can live off 70 grand pretty easily. But he was doing nothing literally for like a year and a half straight. He'd wake up and play with this kid. He had to. He didn't have to do a thing. He had, and all he did was he put like 1,100 articles up on easingarticles.com in a very specific format that he invented, and he, let, he had all this SEO that would send him like five or six sales a day, and that's all he needed. He didn't have any back end. He had no affiliates. He wasn't even exploiting his business very well at all, but he was fine. It was, and I said, wow, if I could just do that, imagine if I did it right, you know? So I, I picked the niche uh, with people have prostate problems. 
And uh, he helped. He showed me how to write these articles and how to wait. Set- prostate problems, you said? Yeah, prostate problems. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's just it's a problem that runs in my family, so I kind of figured out a way of dealing with it. I wrote an ebook about. Oh, I thought it. it was just kind of like a money, uh, kind of like a really specific niche, as we talked before. Oh no, no, it's not that. Well, it's a little specific. You know, it's a health niche, but. Uh, but so I said, okay. So I, I used his form. I wrote like eight or nine hundred articles. Plus, I was doing client work for this client who had me on retainer. Plus, I was writing my own stuff for my regular site, daily emails, and I published a print newsletter and I had all this other stuff. I did this for about forty-five days, though, and I didn't sleep at all. Basically, I mean, I, maybe an average of two hours a night. It seemed. I mean, I was like walking around like a like a zombie. I was like hallucinating almost from like lack of sleep. And you know, I just had this commitment. I wanted to get this set up. I needed to do this. I was just determined. You know how we we're talking about how you don't need, you don't need an accountability group when you have that goal, and that's what I had. Nobody had to motivate me to write twenty articles a day and all this plus autoresponders. And I mean, it was just a lot of writing. I was probably writing the equivalent of a a, no, a small novel every day. It seemed like. And, uh, you know, if you put everything together. So and after the end of 45 days, I had it set up. I was starting to make a couple, two or three sales a day. I'm like, great, this is already working. This is perfect. I'm going to go take a vacation. So I took a week and a half off. I went to, to Tucson to visit my dad and I got away. Halfway through the vacation, um, what happened was is Google decided to slap article directories, meaning – they didn't like. They don't like all, what all the article directories were doing. There was a lot of spam and, and a lot of bad. Con- I mean, I don't blame them for doing it. And all of my top ranked articles that were making me sales and everything just went to like page twenty. You know, and there's and it was like all that work, all that time for nothing. And yeah, it was a little demoralizing because I was now a third way, th- almost a third of the way through the the year, and I was nowhere near that goal of getting out of client work. The good news is, a couple months later, I had this idea to do my print email newsletter. And I launched that like that July and ended up getting uh, more than enough customers on that to not have to do client work anymore. So I ended up getting out of my – my goal was six months earlier than I thought. So it all worked out. But yeah, that was pretty – that was pretty exhausting, <laughs> all that work for nothing. Yeah. I guess there's so many lessons there. What was one uh, big lesson for you that kind of you look back and you think of? Well, you, you just can't – you can't quit. I mean if you make a goal, you just go forward. Maybe something's not going to work. Like I put a lot of time and energy into building that – those articles up and all that, it started to work. And then suddenly it was like the wool was just, like the rug was pulled out from under me. And I could have just stayed down there and said, Oh, woe is me. I'm just going to, I'll just have to live with doing client work, you know, blah, blah, blah. I go have a beer. I said, no, you know what? I'm going to, I'm just going to really think about this and I'm going to, I'm going to try something else. And I did and it worked. And it had that not worked. I would have tried something else. I wouldn't have given up. It, it seems like people give up right before success. And I'm sure you've seen that happen in your life too. It's like you like right when you thought you were like, man, I don't know if I can take this anymore, suddenly it happens. And that that to me was the biggest lesson from that. I wanna to touch on habits a bit. Um if you had to pick one habit, I don't know how big are you on habits, Ben? Um, I tr- I wish I had better habits, you know, like All right. But if you had to pick one habit which really contributes to your success, what would that be? Uh, getting up and writing an email every day and not having any not not doing it and making sure that it goes out every day, seven days a week. And it's not like it's grueling work or anything, but you know, yeah, there are times when it's like, oh, I can't think of anything. But of course, I've done so many emails. I'll just go back a year ago in my broadcast email broadcast, and I'll say, oh, I'll just use, reuse this email. So <laughs> it's not hard to do. Are you able to write any? Uh, let's say you want to go on a vacation for two weeks. Can you uh, write those emails ahead of time as well? Uh, or no? I do it all the time. In fact, the last two weeks of October, I was on the road because I had to speak at three different events. 
And uh, at the end of the month is when I really get most of my newsletter subscribers because I'm I'm always launching the next month's issue basically. And I ended up with a record number of subscribers at the end of October that I've ever had before. And those were two weeks of autoresponder pre-written emails. Wow. Could you share the number with us? Oh, gosh. I couldn't even tell you. But I mean I finally broke the – I broke a major like milestone. Like my, my first milestone was 500 subscribers and I blew right past it that month. So I was happy. Awesome. So Ben, tell me – you're an email marketing professional. Uh, let's uh, get into that for a minute or two. Uh, what are some biggest lessons you learned when it comes to email marketing besides being consistent? Well, most okay, so most emails that I see out there at least fall into one or two categories. Either they're pure content, which bores the hell out of people, believe it or not. I mean, people will, will love you if you send them content and it's just, you know, free training and all that, but they're not going to buy from you. And they're going to turn very hostile to you in a lot of cases when you try to sell them something if you bring them in that way. Another mistake is people just send blatant sales pitches, right? There's no, it's not, they're not even trying to hide. Every email is just a blatant sales pitch. But the best – and my, from what I've discovered, at least for me, the best way of doing it is to make your, make your emails infotaining. Now, infotainment is just emerging information with entertainment. So you're giving a little bit of both. So the best, uh, best example I can tell you that is the show 60 Minutes here. Um, if you're familiar with that show or not, but it's been around since a, a very long time, like 40, 50 years or something like that. The, the founder of that show, Don Hewitt, died in like 2009, and they were interviewing his friends about why that show was such a hit. And one of his friends is the guy who played Hawkeye in the show MASH. His name was Alan Alda. And they asked Alan, go, what, what, did, what do you think? And he goes, well, I think it's so successful because they gave you a hot dog that nourished you like broccoli. It was not hard news. It had an entertainment angle to it. All the major cable news shows, Fox, MSNBC, CNN, they all do the same thing, some better than others. But there's no hard news. It's, there's always a, there's, there's a lot of entertainment value to it, even if it doesn't seem like it. And uh, that's how you should do emails. I'm not saying you have to make them political or anything, but you don't want to make them just content. You don't want to just make them sales pitch. You have to kind of merge everything together and make it a fun, interesting uh, an event for people. Uh, there's this, there's this, uh, there's this lady. I just met her a couple uh, last month actually. Her name is Victoria Labalm, and she teaches TEDx speakers how to, you know, go to TEDx. Her site is rocktheroom.com. I have no affiliate or anything like that. I just think she's wonderful. And she, during her talk, because I got the, I, her and I spoke at the same event. She said something very interesting about public talks that I thought, man, this applies to email just as much. She goes, it should feel like time has stopped to the audience when you're speaking. Like they shouldn't even notice time going by. It should be they're in the moment. That's how a good email is. They shouldn't even realize they're reading anything. It should just be so interesting to them that they don't even know they're reading. And so that's a big, big tip. And that's the goal, I guess. Absolutely. I mean, if they know they're reading, then you're probably doing something wrong. Especially, you know, that's the thing. Even really good writing can actually be a hindered people because it's too nice. And people say, wow, this is good writing. You don't even want the writing to call attention to itself. <laughs> you know, they want to get them lost in the story. Ben, it's been a pleasure having you on the show. I want to wrap up today's talk uh, with topic happiness. Uh, what brings you joy and really makes you happy? Uh, just being free on the earth. You know, I, I don't have a lot of things holding me down these days. It's just like I, I have I have everything that I I don't really need much. Let's just put it that way. So I'm just content. I have I'm joy. I, I I guess the the word would be joy. I have that. I hope to hold on to it for a very long time. And you know, good things and bad things happen, but. Uh, I have very little to complain about, and I and I just you know I'm just constantly moving forward to the next thing. I went into this show with a parting piece of guidance from you on the best way to connect 
with you. Oh, just go to uh, www.bensettle.com. And if you give me your email address, and you don't have to, but if you give me your email address, I'll send you my daily emails. And you'll also get a free issue of my email player's newsletter as a PDF. I mean, it's a print newsletter, but I'll give you the PDF for the first issue, which has 24 different ways of making more sales with email. People have told me they made thousands of dollars just using that issue. If you don't give me your email address, you can click right through to the blog. There's almost 2,000 pages of content, over a dozen hours of audio and video training, and it's all free. So either way, it's bensettle.com. Ben, do you have any last words of guidance for the audience? Yeah, you know – I really want to harp on this consistency thing. Just be consistent and have a mission in life. Like really focus on what that mission is. What Not what the feel-good thing that you think other people want, but what makes you excited about your business to, to accomplish something. And obsess over it and just do it. And I'm telling you, it changes the whole game. Let's end on that note. Thank you so much for coming in, Ben Settle. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Entrepreneur Decoded. For killer resources and free content, go to entrepreneurdecoded.com.